Momentum is to me is 1% of anything. Taking time for yourself, just being intentional, being persistent with your intentions. So if your intention is resting, great. You are persistent with your intention. Welcome to the ADHD Lounge Podcast. Whether you are someone with ADHD or a learning disability or just curious to learn more, come hang out with us in the lounge. I'm Alex. I was diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD at the age of eight, and I am the founder of Capable Consulting. And I'm Katie, founder of Women and ADHD and host of the popular Women and ADHD podcast. I was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 45. You can also find the two of us over at the ADHDlounge.com, our all-in-one ADHD coaching community. In each episode, we'll be diving deep into the world of ADHD, discussing unique challenges, sharing our personal stories, providing support and resources, and bringing in experts to help us along the way. So grab your favorite drink, maybe a croissant, grab a seat, or start walking or cleaning or however you listen, because at the ADHD Lounge, you can come exactly as you are. Hello and welcome to the ADHD Lounge. It's our absolute pleasure and honor to have with us Brooke Schnittman, ADHD coach Brooke, who is joining us from Boca Raton, Florida. Uh, Brooke is an, has been an ADHD coach for almost 20 years, no, what, 16 years at this point, Brooke? How many years? I've been working with ADHD years since 2006 and um, started my company in 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. So I can't do that math, but it's been a long time. Uh, and in addition to Brooke's wildly popular Instagram account, Coaching with Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E, she also recently wrote the Activate Your ADHD Potential book, A 12-Step Journey from Chaos to Confidence for Adults with ADHD. Alex and I are big fans of Brooke. We're chatting with her about having her on the podcast and in our community to talk to us about something, anything. And we decided that given the fact that it was the beginning of the year, we would talk about momentum and kind of building momentum, but also maintaining momentum when we get overwhelmed, when we get bored, uh, and all the things that sort of start the barriers that start to get in our way. But I think right now in the beginning, you know, one of the things I feel like as somebody with ADHD, I have no problem starting momentum in the beginning of the year. It's just usually by, you know, I'm like, already, I'm like, it's what, you know, it's the beginning of January right now. And I'm thinking like, I haven't gotten to where I want to be yet. So I'm going to throw in the towel. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's what you do after one week. Right? I was going to say, by the first week yeah. of January, <laughs> the end of the first week of January, people are like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I, I managed to go two days in a row of doing whatever else that I was planning to do. So yes, plan Building on that momentum will be really, really a great conversation for so many people with ADHD in particular who, as you said, get excited to start and motivated to start, but don't necessarily do the follow through very well. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, first of all, that you can start because we know that, okay, fine, it's January 1st, like, yeah, new year, new me, right? But at the same time, we know that with ADHD, we can't always just start. Yeah, maybe that time sensitivity of wanting to do it because it's right in front of us, but not everyone can start everything that they want to start January 1. So kudos to you. And thank you for the warm introduction, by the way. I love being in the lounge and just hanging out with you guys. <laughs> 
We're excited to have you. This was like such a like free for all of a conversation when we met at the ADHD conference. We're like, <laughs> you're going to come on. You're going to join us. It's going to be fun. And we're going to we just so do it's, it, it's right? Exciting. Because that's we're what we do. That's that's what we do. But that was our motivation to be like, okay, now we have a date. We have interest. We want to do this. So yes, it is easy when we have that excitement to get started. But sometimes there's those things that we've been putting off until it sounded shiny and new, like the new year mm-hmm. to get started. But we still can't get to the starting line and say like, this is what I want to do. So how do you get people to like kind of get over that tiny, tiny step to say like, Yes, you clearly have been putting this off for a while. And now what do you do with it? Why is it and? <laughs> and. Yeah, go for it. Oh, well, first of all, I, I'm sure this is no surprise to anyone. It's like you got to get clear on why you're even doing it, right? So is it something that like has just been on your list because you've seen it out there on social media land or your parents' voice has been in your head to do that thing or you're competing with someone other than yourself to do the thing? So you got to get honest with yourself and like dig a little bit deeper. So finding that motivation of why you're doing the thing in the first place. Right. So if you are clear that it aligns with your values, that it aligns with your goals, it aligns with your strengths, it aligns with your passions, then executing. So how do you execute that big, scary, arduous thing that you've been putting off for so long? So one, I mean, we're doing it right now, right? We just have accountability of some sort. So whether it be a friend, a coach, a loved one, whatever, like just get that buddy that can start to help you build that momentum. And when you're, when you solidify who that person is to help you on your momentum building journey, then I want you to just like take everything from your brain and put it down on paper because we're very often visual people and we need a map or we need a reminder in front of us. Just throw it all onto some sort of board or piece of paper. So you can mind map, you could brainstorm, you could do a hierarchy map, whatever. From there, pick something, right? Let's not overanalyze what we're going to be starting with. They're all equally important, especially with inattentive ADHD. Everything is equally important to us. So sometimes things don't have a hierarchy. So we just have to pick something. I did this recently with one of my groups and they were like, okay, where do I start? Where do, what, you know, what, which one do I pick? doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Pick something and then you'll figure out the rest. So when things are chaotic and you don't know where to start, just do. Just start on something really, really small. When you start, then you do another thing, another day. And you keep building on it until you start feeling some sort of success then you look at the bigger picture and the bigger goal and you're saying, okay, now I'm starting to build some momentum. I want to figure out now where that big, scary goal is going to be and when I'm going to be finishing it by, right? That more of like a vision, it's a moving target, that goal. And then I work backwards with it and I set targets and deadlines and Um, figure out how to schedule it into my calendar, how to make it realistic, how to stay motivated on it. But in the beginning, when things are chaotic, it's very hard to 
plan all of that stuff when you don't have a vision because it's chaos. Part of the reason I think it's chaos is because we see everything all at once and we think everything has to get done immediately. We're seeing everything as the same priority. And you see that big pile. Like yesterday in the ADHD lounge, we run something called like a Q&A or a chill and chat with Katie and I. And I did one yesterday and everyone kind of came on and we're talking about decluttering a space. And I said that I spent a lot of the like kind of winter break decluttering. And we were looking at everything and I was like, okay, where do I start? And everyone was holding themselves accountable by using our body doubling sessions to say like, you're my partner in this. This is going to be really hard. Maybe it's hard emotionally. Maybe it's hard physically. Maybe it's hard because I don't know the categories. Maybe it's hard because it's just consuming me Mm -hmm. entirely. And having that accountability and that support in starting, I think is actually the biggest part of what you mentioned is is that lack of support we might feel is like there or not there and that we don't really have the compassion for ourselves to say like, this might be really hard Mm -hmm. and it's okay that it's hard. Mm -hmm. And it's okay that we haven't done it for three years and it's okay that we just decided to do this and we want to do it now and it has to be done, you know, like it doesn't matter, right? At that point, just have that accountability partner and start mm-hmm. with the smallest thing. And it doesn't matter the order of it either very often. Of course, if you're going on a run, it yeah. matters the order of like how you're going to put on your clothes, right? But like when it comes to these bigger things, if you know, like you're setting business goals or you're setting family goals, like if you want to spend time with your kids because quality time is important, right? It doesn't matter necessarily when you spend time with them or how you're going to spend time with them as long as you just do. I think that also goes to playing with people who have ADHD is that they think they have to do everything immediately. And you just said you're you're changing the narrative of the when. You get to decide on a lot of that when. Well, I think a lot of that comes down to the fear that if we don't do it now, we're going to forget, right? And so it's like one of the re- one of the things we do in our weekly planning in the lounge is the why now, right? Why this week? If we're doing weekly planning and you're coming up with all the things that you want to get done, why this week? And if it because it, that kind of feeds back to what you were saying, Brooke, about the authentic motivation, right? So many of us have that I should be doing this, I should be doing this, and we so we you know have all of this pressure to get everything done as soon as we think about it. If it's not something that absolutely has to be done this week, then park it somewhere else, right? But don't Mm -hmm. let it just float away into the ether, like park it. Even if you schedule it for a month from now, you know, schedule it somewhere so that you haven't lost it altogether, but you've gotten rid of that sense, that that sense of urgency where you're like, oh my God, I have to deal with this right now or I'm going to forget. Because I'm going to forget it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I use Asana. I also use like just a paper planner, but I do that very thing. I mean, when we are not overwhelmed, very often we could get excited about like new creative ideas, right? Or even when we are overwhelmed, we get excited about what's going on around us and overstimulated. It's like, I got to do everything. 
So I have a bank, like you said, like a parking lot, and it's exciting new ideas or exciting new opportunities. And I put it into a column in Asana and I date it for 30 days and I sit on it. And you know what happens very often with us. In 30 days, it's not so exciting and new anymore. And very often, it's not as important. So when you're starting something and you have all these other new, like exciting ideas surrounding it, the thing that you're starting is usually the important thing, right? And then, but these other things distract us that might make it shiny. It's like creating an Excel sheet, right? Yeah, I hate Excel, but at the same time, it has to be beautiful when I make an Excel sheet, right? It has to have like red, yellow, right? My bosses would always be like, what the heck did you just give me? Like, I don't understand this. I'm like, I spent two days on this sheet. Well, I don't know what it means. Just take a piece of paper and write it down. (laughs) That's like what happens in our brain, right? We get so excited about the possibilities of doing so many other creative things that come with the research or this or that, like, oh, I need these new leggings because I'm going to work out or I need, you know, so put it in the parking lot. I'd love that. I love the 30 days later reminder. I'm going to try that. It's like, it's like add to cart for your, for your brain. (laughs) Do you know, I have 28 things in Amazon right now, 28 things in my Amazon cart. The best thing that Amazon has created, what is the checkbox in your cart that he just created that. I don't know if you've seen it. You can uncheck all of the things in your cart and just like check one or two that you're adding to it and then buy it rather than having to the save for later. Correct. The save for later. You never come back to it. I, I knew that because I was shipping things to my sister and I, it gave me the option of like, buy this and ship only this. And I was like, yeah, yes. I always put things in my shopping cart and I like look at it at the end of the week. I'm like, do I actually need this? We actually just talked about this on a prior podcast talking about finances and spending money because it was like, do I actually need this new shiny thing? Is it actually going to solve the problem? I think it's going to. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't like, do I really need it? And did I use the thing I actually already had for cheaper? That might've been free before I actually bought the new shiny thing that was actually going to be magical in whatever capacity. I'm thinking more about like, you're talking about that overwhelm and seeing everything all at once. People are, are setting these goals from the very beginning and set them up in a way that's no longer realistic. And I think so many of the people who list, especially the Katie's podcast are newly diagnosed and a lot of people who I think are watching this as well are newly diagnosed. And so they are setting expectations that may not have been realistic then either, Mm -hmm. but now that they understand they have ADHD is certainly not realistic. So how do you create a path that is realistic so that you can build on that momentum? The realistic piece is really figuring out the core of the goal. Like, why is this important to me? So I have a Y funnel in my 3C activation program, and it's on the top. You create your goal, figure out why it's important. What is it giving you? What is it providing you? And you just like narrow it down all the way until you get to the feeling behind how you'd feel at the end of achieving that goal. I love it. I hope people sit with that feeling too, because that's just as important as setting the whole process. Yes. That's great. So if the feeling at the end of the goal is my parents are going to be so proud of me, 
maybe you want to reevaluate the goal. Is it important to you or to your parents? Or, oh, social media is going to make me, I'm going to look really good on social media. Is that important to you or is it important to all the people that you don't know and really don't care about? So that gets clear about the real, the realistic expectation of your goal. Then if it is meaningful to you and you're going to feel powerful after it, then, like I said, you start doing right. And then start figuring out, okay, what are my values? Are these aligning with my values? What are my strengths? Are these aligning with my strengths? How is this making me feel as I'm doing it? So the goal itself might be energizing, but the actions required for it might not. So breaking down those actions and figuring out like which part of those actions energize you and which ones don't. If you have things that don't energize you, yes, this might cost money, but maybe you need to delegate those, or maybe you can eliminate those, or maybe you can automate those, or maybe you can break it down even further or body double or do it after an activity that is energizing. Or maybe you could do it with an activity that energizes you. So getting clear on that. Also finding your optimal focus time. Are we working on hard tasks at, for me, my optimal focus time is not the afternoon. So am I working on a hard task at three o'clock, four o'clock? If I am, I'm likely not going to do well in it. If I'm working on it in the beginning of the day after I have my coffee and I did my morning routine, I'm probably going to do a really awesome job on it, especially if it's something that I enjoy doing. Being truthful to that. Yeah, that's why so many people follow you and listen to you. And I, because I'm like foaming at the mouth thinking like, of course, this makes so much sense. And it's so relatable. And Katie and I, actually, I don't know if you remember this. I think it was after we were talking to Jesse J. Anderson and we were talking about sometimes the goal isn't actually the finish line. It's a moving target. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. And everything you just mentioned was that moving target. Yeah, I was thinking about that when Brooke was talking because the, uh, you know, a lot of the time when it comes to finishing hobbies, right? Like, oh, I learned how to knit and I'm halfway through a scarf and now I've lost interest because it's become repetitive and redundant. And so we talk about the idea that like, well, maybe the hobby is learning how to knit. Maybe the hobby isn't having a scarf at the end. <laughs> like Maybe you mm. did the things you needed to do. But then I think, well... But I also feel like there is a, you know, there is a reward at the end of a finished product that many times we don't get to because we're too bad, you know, that we just start feel bad about ourselves because we haven't finished the thing. And so I'm like, there's, it's one thing to reframe and reframe and reframe as to like, what is the purpose and why am I doing this? But sometimes you just want the scarf. <laughs> and is that where you're saying like, this is where you need to outsource or like, what, how do you get? through that or you just buy agonizing at that right. point <laughs> right <laughs> you're like okay this is it because I, I this is where i think you know getting back to that like one small step can be really helpful i'm just thinking of how i like apply it in my own life where i'm like how sometimes you just want to cross the finish line and and like what how, how do you coach yourself through that figuring out what the finish line is beforehand if you can is very helpful if the completion of the scarf is the finish line, well, can you visualize what the scarf is going to look like? Now, visualization can be really challenging for ADHDers, right? 
but I'm creating a 3C activation too right now. And what we're working on in it is after you come up with your goal and you do all the stuff that we just talked about, how do you identify, and I'm not talking about sexuality or she, they, he, I'm talking about how do you identify as a person related to your goal? For instance, let's say you're a smoker, right? And you want to stop smoking, right? I'm not a smoker, but I'm just going to say like, if I was a smoker, I would say I identify as a smoker. Then at the end of this goal, (laughs) I want to identify as not being a smoker, right? So what are the actions that I need to do along the way to identify as not being a smoker? Well, I need to do X, Y, and Z, whatever, whatever it is, like get the patch, you know, have the accountability, whatever. When you start doing those things, create a picture of what you would look like, like draw it out as like what you would look like as a non-smoker. Where would you be? And if you can't draw a picture, maybe find a picture online and find something like a vision board of like what it like looks like and what would look good to you. Put it in front of you, okay? And it doesn't necessarily need to be specific, but it's, it's again, going back to that associated feeling that we were talking about before, Alex, like, I'm going to feel this way when I get there. Maybe I it takes me a year to not be a smoker, or maybe it takes me a month to not be a smoker. I don't know because this is new territory, right? But this is how I'm going to feel. So I'm going to just keep creating action. And sometimes it's going to suck and sometimes it's going to feel good, but eventually I'm going to overcome an obstacle of feeling and identity as a smoker. And then afterwards, I'm going to start building that momentum and feeling more confident to not be a smoker. I actually am thinking this in terms of being newly diagnosed with ADHD, that people are actually afraid to identify themselves in this category. And that the changing of the identity is the part that's actually the scariest. Yes. What am I going to feel this is going to feel different to accept myself in a different way. And the visualization, they might not be able to see it, but maybe what you're trying to put out there is that you want to love yourself and be more compassionate with yourself to know that the the goal is actually feeling like a better version of you. Yeah. And what could that feel like is sometimes uncomfortable. I joke that I say, I, I want to make people uncomfortable because they're comfortable Mm -hmm. for the first time. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really beautiful way to really kind of think about this and creating those goals because that end goal exists because you're creating it. And I think that that's where people get excited in creating that vision. Right. It doesn't exist. Exactly. You are the vision. Correct. And if you want to stop that, you know, action towards that vision or the vision changes, okay, but why did it change? Let's go back to that. Like, Mm -hmm. let's just stop a second and think about that. And that's another thing, you know, with ADHD, we really need to be intentional about being intentional (laughs) and going back and reflecting because everything is just a moving up, you know, a moving ball. So how do we kind of attach ourselves to those small moments and really celebrate those. Because if the goal is always moving 
Accountability. You have to have milestones. You have to. I mean, the most successful people, ADHD or not, plan. It's, I just spoke to Chris Voss and I mean, this is obvious, but like, you know, health hygiene is important, right? Personal hygiene, sleeping, brushing our teeth. I know we might not brush our teeth all the time, but there are certain human needs that are important for us. Okay. Hygiene, maybe drinking water, eating. Think of this as a hygiene, right? You have to reflect. You have to set targets. You have to do this to know if you exceeded or even got to your expectation, and then you can reward yourself. Let's not skip over the rewards. Let's not underplay them. Let's make sure that we are intentional with checking in setting any sort of reward, right? And treating ourselves like we would treat our children. Why are we any different? I have a two-year-old and like, I love her. I feed her. I bathe her. I make sure she sleeps. I make sure she eats. I make sure she's getting oxygen and environment and changing environments. Like why wouldn't, like logically, right? Like why don't we do that for ourselves? It's easier to do them for other people. <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> okay. right? But like when you start, this is the thing. When you start building confidence because you're building momentum and you're doing things, then it's easier to connect with these things. That's why I said like it's hard to say, okay, at this time I'm going to come back and do this when you're starting a goal and you've never experienced this thing before, whatever it is, whether it be identifying as someone who has ADHD, right? And getting that new diagnosis. So that's why you just need to start, have that accountability. People come to your group, share what they're doing. Then you start feeling confidence. Then you can be like, all right, I like this thing. Let me take a step back and See how I can put this all together and actually plan something and create structure because now I am starting to feel good about myself. Also, just to add to what you're saying is that self-care is also what's giving you the confidence that you mentioned. That the simplest things of brushing your teeth and washing your hair and, and feeding yourself and getting outside to just like breathe some fresh air is that small dose of self-care that we often lack and avoid and feel like we don't deserve in the process of trying to accomplish these goals. So I think that that's a huge part of this play that you're, you're mentioning. I mean, you've just written a wonderful book. I'm, and I know you mentioned the three C's as part of your activation. I'd love to be able to explore more of what's in there that people might feel that motivation, maybe when they're lacking, that they can find in your in your book and in your courses and things like that. Yeah, well, in the book, it's 12 steps. Really, the time management piece comes later in the 12 steps because, again, like, how can we just say we're going to be more productive and more organized and more, like, prioritized if we don't know ourselves, if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't know why we're doing something, if we're not building traction? So we've, we start in the self-awareness piece in the taking care of our hierarchy of needs and getting that accountability partner and week after week create 1% small action towards whatever our target is or whatever our goal is. 
Then after building that confidence, then we start looking into the time management piece. Is this energizing me? Am I leaving anything behind? Have I been leaving things behind? Do I need to consider doing that? Do I need to focus on my optimal focus time? Do I need to use a planner? Do I need to time block? Do I need to plan out my week? Do I need to do three important tasks and reward myself after? So we focus on how the action of getting bigger things done. And we build on that week after week towards your goal. The last four weeks is really about taking that next step and like having those uncomfortable conversations you've been avoiding because you haven't had the confidence to have those conversations. So now that you have that momentum and that confidence, now you can achieve even greater things because you're delegating or you're telling someone like, hey, can you, this thing that's been weighing on me about this or whatever, can you move it or can you do this? You know, and that will open up so much more space physically and mentally for you to do even more and manage your time even more because those emotions, those feelings that have been weighing on us for so long are now being able to be chipped away at by having these conversations with people that we haven't been having. So that comes at the end. And then from there, the RECI activation too, which we're creating is more about like, okay, now I have this humongous project. I have this humongous task. I have all the skills. Now I need to work backwards and actually do the thing, right? And monitor myself and expand and implement. That's in a nutshell without like getting very detailed and boring about it. Well, I want to go back to to the what we were talking about with self-care because um, we have a question from one of our lounge members. And so I thought we could apply it to something more specific because, you know, uh, like you were saying, Alex, I think a lot of the time, even just having goals can be really like there's a lot of baggage around that term because for so long we have let ourselves down. And so we're like afraid to make goals because we feel so ill-equipped to even reach them. So Michelle asks, how do you make sure you get enough sleep if you don't have the best boundaries around your ideal sleep hours? So this feels like a rate, a good, a good example to get specific around those like small steps. Absolutely. So I do talk a lot about sleep in the book. So what I would recommend is first of all, to find out what your sleep chronotype is so there's a lot of free tests online, the sleepdoctor.com. He has a chronotype test. So a lot of us are dolphins and a dolphin means that you have anxiety and you're likely to be up in the middle of the night and you need your restful sleep and you might wake up a little bit later, not because you want to sleep in, it's because you didn't have a good night's sleep right? So a lot of us are dolphins, just saying, or a lot of us who don't struggle as much with anxiety, which is rare, might be a night owl. Okay. So find out what your chronotype is, and then it gives a lot of really good suggestions. So like if you're a dolphin, you might want to go to bed at X time and wake up at X time. Okay. So find that information out first, because that's a baseline. Then at nighttime with ADHD, yes, we get our second wind, but that's usually because we are looking for stimulation at night. We are understimulated at night and we need stimulation and that's okay. So we 
don't want to cross that line of stimulation to being way overstimulated and being buzzing and like not being able to shut it off. But we need just enough stimulation that we could fall asleep. So that's why a lot of people start cleaning their house at night with ADHD. That's why a lot of us watch TV, right? Something that's like like Seinfeld. I watch Seinfeld and I don't really have to pay attention, but it's funny and it gives me enough stimulation to fall asleep. If I go on Instagram though at night, which I've been doing too often recently because my sleep hygiene's been off, I'm getting overstimulated and then I'm not able to shut down. So you have to figure out the right amount of stimulation for you before bed. Also, another thing is like try not to drink three hours before you go to bed. They say, I believe that you shouldn't eat like four hours before bed because then that stays in your system. Try to eliminate caffeine by 12 o'clock if you can. But it's the chicken or the egg too, because if you're tired when you're waking up, you need the caffeine, right? To like get, keep you up. So it's hard, but I would focus on one thing that you can focus on now with that 1%, figuring out what you haven't been intentional about, or you haven't been focusing on with your sleep, whether it be in the front end or the back end and focus on that. So start with the chronotype, then think about like one thing, am I drinking too late at night? Am I not stimulated enough? Am I not, if I, am I eating too late at night? Am I having chocolate too late at night? Am I drinking caffeine too late? One thing that you can slowly consider removing or changing and then go from there. It wasn't like I hyper-focused and immediately looked at this website to be like, <laughs> I saw your face. I saw well, your no. face. I like I like the idea of the fact that we are allowed to seek stimulation at night. Because I think we have that all or nothing yeah. thinking where it's like, oh, if I'm going to sleep well, then I have to, you know, read shut a book. Down. With, shut You know, with, with put my phone away for two hours and all of that standard advice where I'm like, that's just not going to happen. I'm not. I'm sorry. It's just not. So I guess I won't sleep. No, thanks. (laughs) Right. But I think it's like really, again, as often is the best advice for people with ADHD, which is like what figure out what works for you and throw out all of this traditional advice and really get to the heart of what you need, what your needs are. And so a lot of this advice can seem confusing and you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Am I supposed to, you know, am I supposed to clean the house? Am I supposed to stay up late? Am I not? You know, all of those things where we lose sense of if we just listen to our bodies a little more, which we're also not great at, uh, <laughs> it will come to the but answer again, a faster. But again, the sleep hygiene is taking care of our hierarchy of needs. So start there. What mm. are you not attending to? If sleep is the first thing you're not attending to, start there before you add anything onto your goal plate. So stop thinking about the what brain. you need to be doing and start thinking about what you haven't been focusing on in yourself. And that's really hard for us with ADHD. But I promise you, if you are your best self because you're taking care of your physiological needs, everything else is a lot easier. I, I That needs to be a post. Yeah. <laughs> that in itself. Thank you. I, I, I couldn't agree more. One of the things that Katie and I love to do at the end of our sessions with people is we like to do these rapid fire questions. 
All right. So we're going to ask you these questions and just quick first thing that you think of. What's one word that your friends or family would use to describe you? You didn't give me these ahead of time. <laughs> I did not. This is where the impulsivity comes in for all of those with ADHD. You've got to be impulsive. Determined. Oh, okay, I like that one. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Okay. What is your favorite strength about yourself? Connected. Like I really like to connect people and just stay connected. And you are a good connector. Oh, thank you. All right. You're welcome. Most interesting hobby you've picked up. This isn't interesting. It's tennis, but the most interesting hobby. Oh, I guess I'm boring. Tennis. Well, tennis is interesting. I love tennis. But but it's I didn't just pick it up. I've been playing it on and off my whole life. So all right, we could reword that. What's your favorite hobby? Um, All right, and what's your go to (laughs) snack on on a crazy chocolate bar always. Like you didn't even wait. Almond chocolate bar. Hershey's. Thank you. Okay. Next question. I'm ready. Let's go. That should have been the first question. Well, I was laughing when you're like, don't eat chocolate too late. I was like, yeah, sorry. That one's Oh, you do what you can, right? Like that's why I said you can't do everything, but think about like one thing and see if that makes a change. Totally. Um, All right. The last one is what is your most used emoji? That and this. Oh, the okay, heart so hands. The top nice. To the side or the yeah, heart. Nice yeah, the heart hands. Yeah. The heart hands. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Uh-huh. So, is there anything else that you'd really like to leave our audience with to kind of take away with this building on momentum piece before we end? Well, plus, I also want to hear what do you have any plans for this year that you're excited about that you can share with us? Yeah, believe it or not, my word for the year is connection, because as I finished and reflected on the year, because I forced myself to reflect because I was having a coaching with Brooke party and I had to be like, what are our accomplishments from this year? And then I started listing them like, holy shit, I did this? I said, you know what? It's time to slow down a little bit and connect. (laughs) Connect with myself, connect with my body, work out again, like really focus time on my family, tune things in a little bit rather than producing all the time. I think Mm. I I got a little carried away last year. So my word is connection. Well, but I also just want to say, like, I feel like that is an important thing to add to the term momentum, because I think sometimes we often will think of defining momentum as moving forward all the time. And that momentum really is about finding those ways to connect back to the breath and to pause and kind of rest at the shore and finding those ways to like restore our energy and rejuvenate. Momentum isn't just nonstop productivity. Correct. And it is not nonstop. And right. So like, Momentum to me, and I love how you put it, momentum is to me is 1% of anything. Taking time for yourself, just being intentional, being persistent with your intentions. So if your intention is resting, if your intention is starting later during the day, if your intention is, you know, sitting outside and drinking water, great. You are persistent with your intention. There's nothing wrong with that. 
Yeah, I like that word persistence. Yeah, it indicates that there's you're still looking forward, even though you're <laughs> taking that breather. Correct. Katie, you could just write my book for me. <laughs> Activate your ADHD potential too. What really is momentum? <laughs> Do you have any anything you mentioned the 3C activation too? What's what else is happening this year for you guys? 3C activation to automating the part of the sales and discovery call process a little bit more. So it's seamless for us, seamless for the customer, um, making it as easy as possible on that. We have a course for students called Master Your Stress, so you can ace your test. Um, so really just putting that out there, talking to companies and corporations and going to talk to a big tech company that remains nameless for now until it happens and talking to some worldwide private schools. So I think (laughs) talking about slowing down and connecting, really getting connected to the things I've been putting off, which are those things that have kind of just been like there I want to zone into it rather than creating these new things all the time. Like 3C2, I've been talking about forever. I've been talking about getting into the schools forever. Master Stress was created a year ago. So like really take that now and run with it. I love that. That's a very good goal. And you you. definitely have the momentum to get there. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, with your accountability, (laughs) I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just... I'll just keep emailing you, Brooke, and be like, did you okay, do it? Did you do it? See. No, seriously, though, like you, we all know how important accountability is. But yesterday, my um, assistant, who is my accountability person, she was like, So can I create this thing on our website yet? I said, No, because I need to do a video and I haven't done it yet. And she's like, Okay, but can you do it by tomorrow? I'm like, Uh huh. So I'm going to do it at 9 a.m., but I usually don't work at 9 a.m. And she's like, Do you need a body double? I'm like, No, I'm going to do it because I'm going to have it to you because you need to do it tomorrow. And then it needs to get out by Monday. So it's nice to have friends in your corner to help you be accountable to those little things. That and to know you well things. enough to like know that like no, we need to we need to make this more specific. We need to just keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you need a hand? <laughs> yes. Have your people for sure. But yes, I'm looking forward to a more connected year. Awesome. Well, okay. So if for anybody who doesn't yet know about the amazing Coaching with Brooke Instagram site, make sure to go follow. Uh, it's also coachingwithbrooke.com is the coaching program where you have, you have how many coaches now working with you? Six, eight, eight. eight. Amazing. Wonderful wow. offerings there. And I also realized I forgot to mention your podcast, Successful with Two L's, uh, Successful with ADHD Podcast. Aww. So you're so sweet. And if you want to look at the uh, doctor episode, the sleep doctor came onto the podcast as well. You can find his episode with the chronotypes and all of the sleep stuff on there as well. Oh, uh, cool. Awesome. You don't think that I already added that to my next <laughs> listen? <laughs> I listen to your show anyway, but I, I clearly missed that one. Thank you. You're so sweet. Both of you. I appreciate you having me on. This is fun. And that's a wrap for this episode of the ADHD Lounge Podcast. Thank you for listening and make sure to join us over at ADHDlounge.com. We've got resources, co-working, workshops, and a community of amazing ADHD folks just like yourself. 
And you can also attend these recordings live, where you can ask questions and join in these discussions as they're happening. So make sure to head over to the ADHDlounge.com to join us today, and you can find that link in the show notes. And if you've made it this far and you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us, and it helps us reach more listeners who could benefit from these conversations. Seriously, do it. Go now before you forget it.